Hello, this is Aaron Saft on the MR Running Pains podcast, episode number 101. So uh, this episode, I am going to be talking about doing strides. Um, strides are such a great integral part of every training program and can be used throughout a training program to work not only on speed, but strength and form as well. So uh, I want to just really take a deep dive and look at this, uh, this component of training. Uh, and, you know, and touch on every aspect of it. So um, let's, uh, let's, let's get into this conversation with uh, just a little bit of background. So, um, you know, I think there's um, a misconception with strides um, that uh, they have to be sprints. Uh, and, you know, um, that, you know, that they certainly can be, but I'd like to prescribe my strides to my athletes uh, at about, um, a nine RPE, which, uh, you know, I, I, I think is somewhere between, um, kind of mile and 5k race pace or 90% of uh, maximum heart rate. Now, um, a few of these, it, it's going to be hard to get your heart rate up in this short duration of a sprint. So, uh, or stride if you will. So, um, it, it's kind of getting to know the effort because, uh, a lot of times we, um, we start out a lot, you know, too fast, you know, workouts, uh, long runs, <laughs> ultras races, you know, I mean, we just go out too fast and, and start too quick. So this is a good place to start to measure your efforts to start slower. Okay. And work into them, get faster as they go. So if you were to upload to, uh, to whatever device, like, you know, I use Coros. So if I look at my Coros upload, um, that, you know, I'm going to see that the peaks of each stride progressively get a little bit faster, you know, maybe every once in a while, there's some kind of hiccup and there's one that's maybe a little bit off and a little bit slower, but, um, you know, for the most part, predominantly, they're just going to get faster as we go. And you always want to finish a stride workout feeling like you could do more. You should, you know, kind of finish any workout, like you could do more. So you've never tapped out. That means if you've gone too hard, uh, you know, in the workout itself. So a number of things to talk about here, you know, cause, uh, the, you know, that can be because of the effort. It can be because the recoveries weren't easy enough. Uh, so, you know, lots to, lots to unpack when we talk about strides. So let's start with the basics. Um, in, uh, if you're, you know, in your base phase, cause right now, you know, we've, we've come off of, uh, our peak season, right. We're, uh, we've come off our racing and a lot of us are just in, uh, our base training phase. We're just kind of building miles back up, um, uh, kind of getting back to running. Um, strides are a great thing to, to toss in. Now, um, if I refer back to my Lydiard training, um, Arthur Lydiard believed in the base phase, everything should be at an aerobic effort. Now, um, how do you keep a stride in the aerobic zone? Uh, it's, you know, that can be challenging. And so what Lydiard does is he uses 10 second strides. Now, why 10 seconds? Um, we have a zone it's, it's, uh, it's actually part of the anaerobic zone. Um, but we call it the alactic, uh, because it doesn't, it's, it's not long enough to produce lactic acid. Now I don't want to get into too much science in this, in these episodes. Um, I am I'm, I'm here to kind of break things down and make things easy and simplistic for you. So <clears throat> in order to keep it aerobic, 
in, in that eight to 10 seconds, we don't have enough time to build up our heart rate to where it's anywhere near that max VO2, that, you know, 90%, 90% of maximum heart rate or higher, um, or technically 86% of maximum heart rate or higher. Uh, but, uh, so with this eight to 10 seconds, we stay in this alactic zone, uh, which would technically be aerobic running because it would be, you know, 85% of maximum heart rate or less because we can't get the heart rate up that quickly, that fast. So, um, during your base phase, when you're just kind of building your mileage back, it's fine to do these, you know, 10 second strides up to 10 second strides. Um, and, um, you know, these can be done, um, on the flat, um, on Hills. Um, you know, I, I like doing on Hills because, uh, you know, it's, um, it, it reinforces good form, good technique, um, and strength. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a good spot to do that. If you're just solely wanting to work on turnover, um, it's fine to do these on the flat. Now Hills are, you know, they always say Hills are speed in disguise. So, you know, like I said, either way, it's completely fine because of this 10 second duration to do these during your aerobic base. Um, you know, do you, how many times a week do you do them? Uh, if you, if you're just new to strides, just getting used to them, um, I would say, you know, just do it once a week. Uh, just to get used to it. How many, um, you know, start with, with four, just kind of get used to four and building that effort up. So week one, you may do four week two, you may do four week three, you may do six, um, see how six goes week four, maybe, you know, um, eight. So just kind of gradually build them up. Um, you know, as a beginner, um, if you've done strides in the past, it's fine to do them, you know, two times a week. Um, plus, you know, perhaps in this, in this base phase, um, a fartlek run or, um, you know, the out and back that I've talked about, um, and, um, I had a whole episode on the fartlek runs. Um, I had a, you know, an episode on tempos, uh, and that included the out and back run. So you can listen to those too, and kind of get an idea for, to how to do these things during the aerobic phase. But, um, you know, if you're, if you're doing, um, you know, a workout like a fartlek or something, you may only do one more set, um, of, uh, of strides. So one set of strides and a fartlek, um, you know, or one set of strides in an out and back, that's completely fine. If you're not doing a fart leg workout, you know, maybe do two sets of strides. The first being, you know, maybe a few more in quantity. So you may do eight times 10 second strides. Uh, the second session, you may do six times 10 second strides, just depending on how you feel. Um, really get to know your body and what it can do and how it feels, uh, especially after these sessions, it shouldn't take too much out of you. Cause again, you're not really, you know, going into, uh, too much of a, of an effort. The, uh, the body can still use ATP, uh, which is the preferred system of, uh, of energy. So, um, you know, our body can produce enough. You should be able to just keep doing these in, in, in reality. That's because <laughs> the body just replaces ATP. Um, so, um, you know, uh, but you know, how many should you max out at? I don't think you need to do more than, you know, 10 to 12, 12 at most, if you're really experienced with strides, um, and that, you know, two sessions a week is, is, is completely fine. So, um, yeah, um, that's your, your base phase. Uh, now moving up, you know, um, Lydiard, uh, the way I'm training, cause I'm doing this project on myself to get my level three certification. So I'll throw in this next phase, which, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks don't do. Uh, and again, I'll explain why, uh, literally believe in the, the hill training phase. 
um, and what the hill training phase does is uh, it, it rebuilds the skeletal muscular system or it, uh, it helps develop and catch it up because in the aerobic phase, what we've done, you know, even with all these strides and such is we've increased our cardiovascular output. We've increased our cardiovascular system. We're becoming more of an aerobic machine, right? So we can run longer um, for, you know, uh, uh, less sustained effort for longer periods of time. Uh, and that's, that's what the base does, but, uh, we don't really train our cardio or excuse me, our musculoskeletal system. And so, uh, to not get injured, we need to have a well-rounded body and that includes catching up the skeletal muscular system. So, uh, what the hill phase does is it trains that system to, to strengthen the body. Right. So, uh, Lydia believed in three drills, basically, um, you would do a high knee jog, uh, just doing high knees while jogging uphill. Then you would do high skips uphill, and then you would do bounding uphill. And I've got a YouTube video on that, uh, that you can watch to see the drills. Basically you do, um, the way I do it, um, and the way Lydia does it, it's just the way I have the setup. Um, I just had a hill that I had access to. Um, so, um, basically I run, um, the drill up the hill, recover for a little bit, make sure my heart rate comes back down. And then I stride back down the hill, you know, strides are a big part of this. You can even use them as part of a warm up. Um, so, um, this hill training is basically you do a warm up, you can do some strides to make sure the legs are ready. Then you would do your high knee jog up the hill, uh, rest stride down the hill rest. And then you would do your uh, next uphill as the high skips. So high skip up the hill, um, you know, literally shot for about 200 meters, which is a long time to be doing high skips. Uh, you know, I shoot for 30 seconds of high skips, uh, and then rest, get my heart rate back down. Uh, now heart rate for me getting back down. I try to get it back down to low zone two, if you're looking at heart rate. Uh, so, um, that's, you know, uh, another key component. Um, so, um, and I should go back, excuse me. So, uh, the one thing I didn't talk about during the aerobic phase is what are recoveries, um, recovery is what it needs to be for you. So, um, I, I like to make it like a nice round number. So if I'm doing a 10 second stride, I may take 50 seconds recovery. Now, what does recovery look like? It could be standing still. It could be walking. It could be just an easy jog, whatever it takes to get your heart rate down to, you know, what I just said, a low zone two. Um, so if you can jog and get it down, you know, for me, uh, 44 years old, that's, you know, low one twenties, uh, is, is what I'm shooting to get back down to. If I can get lower, that's fantastic. Uh, so, you know, um, sometimes that means walking, uh, sometimes jogging is fine. Sometimes, uh, you know, um, when we talk about the longer ones, I may have to stand for just a second, uh, let the heart rate come down and then I can, you know, start walking and then progress into a jog, whatever it is, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the real big thing on rest is to get that heart rate back down to low zone too. So, um, uh, I'm sorry to, you know, to catch back up. So now I've done high knee jog stride down, high skip up, jog, uh, stride down, now the third one is bounding up. Now bounding is the most difficult one of these drills. It is uh, extremely plyometric. Uh, whereas high skips, you're kind of jumping upward. You're trying to get a knee drive and go as high as you can. Bounding is driving the knee and going forward as far as you can, uh, which is very difficult. So some folks can't get to this. If you can just do the high knee jog and do three sets of three. So in other words, do, um, 
uh, uphill with high knee jog, stride down, uphill, high knee jog, stride down, uphill, high knee jog, stride down, uh, rest for a bit, maybe do a quarter mile jog, then do a whole another set like that. Maybe that's all you do to start. And then as you progress through week two, maybe week three, you add in a third set, see how you feel. Uh, if you're a beginner, that may be all you need to do. Uh, in order to, to kind of get a little bit more knee lift, um, train the cardiovascular, excuse me, the skeletal muscular system, uh, you know, to, to make you, um, to get these adaptations that we're looking for. If you're feeling, you know, uh, like you can do the high skips, you can add those in, uh, what I would do is, uh, a set of high knee jogs. So three hills of high knee jogs with strides down. Then I would do a set of high skips with, uh, stride down and then do two sets of each one set, uh, or two sets of high knee jog uphill, two sets of high skips uphill. And if you're feeling advanced and up to it, bounding would be the third one. So you would do, and you can mix it either way. You can alternate the exercises in which, you know, first set up the hill would be high knee jog. Then the next would be the high skip. And then the third, uh, hill repeat would be your bounding, or you could just do all three high knee jog uphills, take a rest all three high skips uphill, take a rest, all three bounding uphill, take a rest. So there's multiple ways to do it and no way is incorrect. The way that Lydiard liked to do it is he would, if you picture a city block, let's just take a square block. If the right side of that city block was uphill and then the left side was your downhill and then the bottom and top of the, of the rectangle were, um, or the city block were just nice and flat you would do your, um, your, your drill up the right side. You would recover across the top of the, the block and then come, you would stride down the hill on the side and then recover along the bottom back to the starting point. So that's what, uh, that's what Lydiard would do. Um, but again, you know, uh, it's, it's really up to you, but again, this phase incorporates strides as well. Uh, what do strides look like for this? It's just to warm up. So these can be anywhere from, uh, I would say transitionally from 15 to 20 seconds. So increasing the, uh, um, the duration of the stride, which in turn should probably increase the amount of recovery. Um, you know, so with, with, you know, a 20 second stride, typically I give a, a minute 10 recovery. So it, it keeps that a nice, excuse me, round number. Um, so a minute 30 for, you know, each stride and recovery, uh, gives you plenty of time to recover. Uh, shouldn't take too much out of you. Um, but, um, again, you're incorporating strides here because you're doing strides prior to the workout. You're doing downhill strides, which, which produces overspeed. Now here I caution you. Okay. Don't make these Hills too steep. All right. With, with this phase, the Hill does not need to be, it should just be gradual. Okay. Um, you know, uh, especially on the downhill, um, the, the high knee jog, it's easy enough, but you're, you're trying to focus on the form. That is the, the huge key here is focusing on the form. So if it, if it's, you know, you can't get 30 seconds, if your form starts to break down, try a more gradual hill so that you can get in 30 seconds. And as you get stronger, you can increase the, the, the grade of the hill. But again, the, the key is to focus on the form. If the form doesn't work, if you're not doing the form correctly, then the, the drill is, is, you know, it's not going to give us the results that we want. Okay. So that's phase two of, of my training. Uh, cause you know, again, I'm, I'm kind of doing the end of one 
uh, training myself as Lydiard would, uh, and you know, an athlete now doing the hill. I usually do two times a week. I do, uh, um, the, uh, the drills twice a week. Um, and, uh, you may just start with, uh, with one, you know, one time a week, see how it feels, see what, how much it takes out of you. Um, and you know, follow it by a recovery day, a nice easy run or a day off. Um, you know, so, um, it treated like a workout in other words. Now, uh, what I wanted to caution is on the downhills, uh, when you're striding downhill, you know, you are putting a lot of, of pressure on your, your legs. You're, you're doing a lot of, of, uh, of concentric movement, um, you know, running downhill. Uh, so stretch out those quadriceps and make sure to gently massage them. You know, you will probably feel sore from doing this much downhill. So be careful with that. You know, if you start to feel some, some knee pain, uh, just be real cautious. Uh, so, you know, if, if you start to feel pain in any, because of the downhills, eliminate that, you know, make it a recovery downhill, just walk downhill or jog downhill. If it doesn't hurt, you know, I, we do not want to cause any pain. So that's my, my caution, my caveat, just be careful on the downhills. Um, okay. So moving on, um, now, uh, in Lydiard's pyramid, if I move on through Lydiard training, um, even, you know, a lot of different training methodologies, um, they, uh, they suggest going from, um, your, um, least specific to most specific in training, right? So, um, uh, for a marathoner, the, uh, the next phase would be long intervals. Okay. These are kind of your lactate threshold, uh, intervals, um, you know, kind of tempo pace, um, you know, for a ultra runner, least specific would be short intervals of high intensity. So more of your two to three minute intervals, uh, you know, 90% of, uh, of maximum, uh, heart rate. Whereas the, uh, long intervals are going to be more 80 to 85% of, of maximum heart rate. Um, so it just depends on what you're training for in that next phase. Now, those phases, when you are including those intervals, depending on how many sessions you are including, uh, I myself at, you know, at my age now, I, I, I typically do one workout, um, per week. I feel that, you know, with a long run and everything else, um, but you know, in order to recover, I just do one session, uh, per week. Uh, if you're doing one session per week and you are recovering well, note that if you are recovering well, I suggest you can add in strides, uh, uh, you know, and, and with these we've kind of built up, right? So, uh, our base phase, phase one, we had 10 second strides in phase two. We've now built up to 20 second strides, potentially even 30 second strides. If, if you will, you know, it depends on how long it takes you to get down the hill that you've done. Uh, so, you know, that can be 20 to 30 seconds. So here in these next phases, right. That we'll, we'll say, um, long intervals and short intervals, those would be three and four, you know, whichever way you do it. If you do long intervals first, then short intervals or short intervals first, long intervals, we'll call that phases three and four here. You can still include strides. I, I think that here, uh, you know, still continuing with, with hill strides and turnover strides, you can totally mix this up, right? So what are the focuses? So if you're on long intervals, you can do some longer hill strides. Now that can look like 30 seconds to, you know, up to a minute of doing hill strides. 
uh, and including that as a second workout almost. Uh, now, again, the, the effort doesn't change. We're still prescribing the same effort. I still want to say nine RPE or 90% at max uh, of, of 90% of maximum heart rate for that's my, my top end of, of what I want the effort to be for each of these. <clears throat> so um, in these, in the long interval phase, we're just increasing recovery. Okay. So whatever it takes you to get down to the start of the hill to make sure that you are recovered again, getting that heart rate back down so that you are recovered. And the focus is on, uh, giving it your best shot, getting up the hill with good form and not, you know, not straining. You should never strain. Okay. So if you're, you're clenching your fists, if you're grinding your teeth, that's too hard, right? Those are signs that it's just too hard. If you're fatiguing out before the top of the hill too hard. If you're, you know, if you're slowing down as the hill repeats go, it's too hard. All symbols, all signs that it, this is, those are too hard. So again, best thing to do, just start out light and easy. Think smooth and fast and progress, right? Progress the pace, get a little quicker, try to get a little further each time. Because if you start the hill at the same starting point each time, you should be able to, you know, get to that finish line and get a little bit further each time if you're increasing the effort, but again, never straining. So if you get to the point where you feel like you're straining, you got to back down. Okay. Be okay with backing down or stopping. Once that form breaks down again, you know, once that happens, it's, you know, it's good time to call it quits. Even if you had more on the calendar for the day, cause you don't want to go into the tank. You don't want to go to the well. Okay. It just takes too much out of you. It takes too much more to recover from. You want to be able to get up and train the next day without having to, you know, recover too much. So, um, you know, the day after strides, it shouldn't be like, uh, it shouldn't, you shouldn't have to have a recovery day. Um, you never want it to be like, a, you know, a real intense workout. So, um, in the long intervals, if you're doing on the longer side, so in other words, if you're doing up to one minute hill strides, then you might need a recovery day the following day. See how you feel. Okay. Listen to your body. If you feel like you've, you know, put forth a solid effort, legs are pretty tired, you know, take a recovery the next day. That's fine. You know, but uh, again, if you're doing it on 30 second side, even up to 45 seconds, you might not need to, to take a recovery day the next day. But um, again, listen to what your body's telling you. So those two phases, um, you know, uh, with long intervals, you know, again, 30 seconds up to uh, a minute on the short intervals, right? So here you can focus more on, on flat running and turnover. Uh, so here you can be doing, you know, 15, 20 seconds, even 30 second strides. You can include some hill running, you, you know, some hill strides, um, if you want to, um, you know, I, I really, I mean, I don't prescribe more than 10 to at max 12, uh, intervals, no matter what the, you know, the duration of the interval is, I don't think you need to go above 10 to 12. If you're doing them on a treadmill, it's good to kind of, you know, start with a, a lower grade, maybe start, especially if you're just starting to do these uh, and you want to, you know, include it incline, start at about 7%. See how that feels. Uh, if, 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 you know, if you feel pretty smooth uh, at a fast rate and you can get the heart rate up, then, you know, bump up the incline a little bit at the same speed and see how it goes, uh, you know, maybe 2% up. So go up to 9%. Um, yeah, I like, I, I really don't think you need to go beyond, um, you know, 12% for, for, you know, hill strides at, at most, um, you know, if you want to, um, if you have a race where it's super steep and you kind of want to, you know, increase the incline up to 15, just because, you know, you will be facing those and it's kind of good to, to feel what that's, what that's going to be like. 
that's fine, you know, but don't do it too often. Uh, I, I say 10 to 12% is a really, that's a sweet spot for, for the treadmill. If you're doing it on the treadmill, uh, and then with recoveries, I just keep it the incline at, uh, at the same. And then I just hike, uh, you know, I just walk and recover. And, you know, if you're at that incline and you're not recovering enough, stand on the rails, just stand and relax. Okay. So, uh, just a few, few keys there. Um, and then, um, you know, we kind of, uh, in, uh, um, in Lydiard, uh, his next phase, which would be phase five, if we're, you know, talking about phases, uh, would be integration and integration is, it's basically, uh, you know, for, for a marathoner, it would be kind of including, um, you know, stuff with, with pace work, um, you know, simulating the course, um, you know, that's where like volume and long runs are, are kind of important, uh, to make sure that, you know, you're replicating, uh, the race as best you can it, for ultra runners. It's, um, you know, it's kind of your max mileage time. If you're training for a mountain race, it would be vertical gain, uh, you know, um, some, some progression runs and such like that to kind of work on some, some faster paces, but also where, you know, we want to have the, again, the max volume, um, and, and being comfortable with, with time on your feet. Um, still okay here. You know, we don't want to, uh, to neglect our turnover. Okay. I think that it's still important to keep the legs snappy. So I think it's great to still throw in some, you know, sprinkle in some 30 second hill strides every once in a while. It doesn't have to be every week in this phase. Uh, but you know, I think it's a good thing to do eight by 30 seconds with a minute 30 jog down recovery. Um, I think that's a great thing to, to incorporate maybe every other week, um, depending on, you know, your training schedule, what you're doing, how you're recovering again, recovery is essential here because you're in your, you know, your, your kind of max training phase. So, um, see how the body is responding. And, you know, if it's feeling a little bit like sluggish, um, not so much fatigued, but if you're just feeling kind of lethargic, um, like your legs are kind of just like blah, then, uh, throw in some strides. They really can snap the legs up. And sometimes that's what the body needs is just that variation in training. So, um, you know, throw those in at, at them, you know, um, during that phase. Um, and then you go into your taper, right. And, and taper, uh, it, it can look like, uh, you know, a, a, really different for you know many different races, but I think during the taper, you know, strides are great. And I don't think you need to do very long strides here. You know, again, we can go back to the 10 to 20 second strides. They don't necessarily have to be uphill. They can be flat. Just working on your turnover speed, just kind of letting the legs kind of snap up a little bit. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, as I was taught, it's kind of good to balance the taper. So if you're feeling too zippy, right, you're feeling like the legs just want to like fly, you know, you're just feeling really good add a little bit more volume back to your running. Okay. So add a little bit more time back to your, your, uh, your training schedule. If, uh, the legs again are feeling lethargic, that's when you throw in your strides. It's a balancing act, right? We got to keep the scale balanced. So how do we do that during the taper? Uh, we look at, and we listen to how the body's feeling. And again, you know, if, if it's feeling too good and you throw in more volume, add some more volume back and that should you know bring that back to the the balance but if you're feeling too lethargic throw in a little bit more turnover a little some strides and stuff like that that will kind of balance the scale on that side okay and that brings you to race day and there you are um you know it's uh it's it's great uh that you know you've <laughs> you've made it that far <laughs> i think that's awesome um so strides can be incorporated obviously throughout your training um, just to reiterate, you know, um, you should focus on form. 
Okay. It's good to, to video yourself every once in a while in, uh, and have somebody that's, you know, that's got some, um, some, uh, some knowledge as to what should form look like, uh, you know, maybe give you some cues of things to work on, uh, cause it's, it's a good time to, to work on proper form especially on the Hills, you know, increasing that, that knee drive, um, like you do in the, the Hill phase of, of Lydiard is just working on that knee drive and making sure that you don't have that ultra shuffle. Cause that just, you know, slows the whole body down, you know, cadence slows down, everything slows down. Um, so, um, the, uh, good things to look at there. So, um, make sure your form is good. Um, it, again, don't let it be straining. Don't let it get to that point. You know, if, if, if the, you know, uh, you're doing eight intervals and you get to six and you're straining and you're just tired, you're whooped, call it a day. Be okay with that. It's better to call it a day than to, again, create more fatigue and work under improper form. Okay. So really important there again, downhills. If you've got a downhill race, uh, you know, something else to incorporate there, you can do downhill strides. I don't suggest doing them too often. Again, as we go back to what I was talking about earlier, you have a lot more susceptibility to injury because of how much uh, strain you're increasing on the muscles. So don't do them too often, maybe every three weeks. Uh, one good one that I like to have my athletes do is six by 30 seconds uphill, then six by 30 seconds downhill. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, and you know, if, if you're feeling strong with that, bump it up to eight and eight. Um, or start with four and four. So if you're very unfamiliar with some downhill running four by 30 seconds up four by 30 seconds down and do that until you feel you know comfortable and then move up to six times, you know, six times 30 seconds up six times 30 seconds down. Um, you know, always, as I've been saying, just go with where your ability and your capability are at. Okay. What are you capable of doing? Don't try doing things just because you see others doing it do what you're physically capable of doing that it will lead you to less likelihood of getting hurt. Okay. It's when we do too much for our bodies that we make the, you know, that increased rate of injury and susceptibility to injury that much higher. So be very cognizant of what your capability is at that given time and do what your body is, is allowing you to do. Don't force it. Okay. That's, you never want to force training. So you can add downhill training again. Don't add it too frequently. Okay. Once a week, maybe every third week. I think that will be completely fine there. You know, there's other workouts that you can do to work on downhill running, but I think that's a good one to, to kind of throw in there every now and again, uh, is just some downhill strides, uh, work on that turnover downhill. Um, you know, at first it should probably just be on a, a dirt road. If you have access to that, uh, paved road, if, if not, you know, dirt, uh, grass would be all, another great surface to do it on. Um, you know, that's, that's great. Um, it's, you know, if you're training on single track and you want to get comfortable with single track, I would use in the base phase, some fartlek on single track to get comfortable at a slightly faster speed. And later in the training, when you're more comfortable with being on single track and moving at faster paces on single track, then you can throw on, you know, perhaps a few downhill strides on single track. But you know, again, we, we got to be really careful with how technical it is and everything again, the, the chance of injury is high. So be really careful with all of that. Okay. So that's what I got for strides. Um, you know, I, I hope that really helps. Um, so if you guys have questions, um, on any of this, please don't hesitate to reach out. 
uh, I, you know, there's, I think you can incorporate just, you know, just like I've been saying with the Farlick runs, with the tempo runs, these are things that you include throughout your training. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, go back and listen to those. Uh, they are archived on my website, um, mrrunningpains.com. If you go to the connect page, you'll see all of the podcast archived on that site. Um, and uh, you know, you can connect with me on there as well. It has my contact, email me, ask me questions. Um, I'm up on Strava, Aaron Saft, MR running pains on Strava. Um, you can see what I'm doing cause I'm, I'm training as if I was under the, the Lydiard, uh, pyramid, uh, but training as an ultra runner. So, um, you know, I'll be doing the, the hill drill phase here coming up pretty soon. Um, so if you have questions again, you know, check out my YouTube channel. I've got plenty of videos on there. The, the Lydiard hill drills are on there. As I said, I'll try to include those in the show notes. Um, and I, I probably need to, to do a better video. <laughs> I really, uh, I did that video in New Hampshire on a hill that was probably too steep. And, um, at a time where I was, <laughs> I was not physically fit enough to, to really be doing those. So, um, <laughs> I, I probably need to redo that video, uh, but it will give you a sense for what, you know, what, what you need to do. Um, if the workout didn't make sense, uh, because I'm, you know, I'm describing, I will try to put that in the show notes as well. So you get to, to see what, the the Lydiard hill drill phase would, uh, you know, a typical workout would look like, um, just so you can see it. Um, other things, um, let's see what else is going on. Um, man, uh, well, I, you know, a few weeks coming up here, I'm going to be doing, um, kind of just, um, uh, this year, I think my only real race is going to be Bigfoot. Uh, I am signed up for the bear, but you know, we're going to see how Bigfoot goes. Um, but, um, other than that, I am completing the, I'm going to attempt to complete the brute challenge. So, uh, the brute challenge, uh, I did two episodes, one with, uh, Natalie Daniel and a second with Natalie Daniel and Charles Raffensperger, who was the creator of the brute challenge. So you can go back and listen to those if you'd like, but, um, the brute challenge consists of here in North Carolina, the Pitchell, um, the route from Mount Pisgah to, um, Mount Mitchell, which is about 66 miles. Um, in South Carolina, it is the foothills trail in Georgia, the Georgia loop in Virginia, the Massanutten loop. And in, uh, what am I missing? Oh, in Tennessee, it's scar. So those are the five courses. You do all five within the calendar year to complete the brute challenge. Um, I plan on doing scar in March. So, uh, I'm going to be doing a 50 K here in a few weeks as a, a build to that. Uh, depending on, uh, what the trail conditions are, uh, I'd love to get in a good mountain, uh, kind of 50 K, uh, whether that be out and back on shut in or art lobe or potentially the folk art center to Mount Mitchell. Uh, one of those will be on my calendar here in my build. Uh, that's February, March. I am going to run scar. Um, and then, uh, the very end of April, I'm going to run the Massanutten loop. Uh, and then in, um, I think it's June is what I have it down for. I'll be running the uh, Pitchell here in uh, North Carolina, my backyard. Um, and then uh, Bigfoot in August. And then uh, I will complete the other two, the Georgia Loop and the Foothills Trail, uh, hopefully fall, early winter to complete my, uh, my brute challenge. So that's my, my plan, my schedule. Um, I've had a lot of these on my bucket list, so um, I'm pretty excited to, uh, to get to do them. Um, not looking to do anything crazy, just really looking to enjoy my time on the trail, enjoy those trails and my experience. So, um, and, you know, and my training for, for Bigfoot. So, um, that's, uh, that's, that's my plan. Um, you know, um, uh, as I said, my training is going to be up on Strava. You know, you can follow me there, ask me questions about things. Um, 
this is all in uh, in purpose of achieving my level three Lydiard uh, Foundation certification. Um, and so I'm kind of a guinea pig. <laughs> uh, they don't, uh, they've never had level threes before. So I am the first class of level threes, uh, and they really don't have a lot of ultra runners. So I am, uh, really a guinea pig. Um, you know, they're asking me to do some things and I'm kind of trying to work my way around <laughs> because, uh, they're so used to marathoners. So they were asking us to do like a max VO two. Um, and, you know, have some mile 5k and 10k times to kind of get an idea for where our, our max VO2 is, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, um, you know, I'm, I'm training for distances in which, you know, 5k and 10k is just going to take too much out of me, out of my training, you know, famous training time. Uh, I, I don't see the benefit of testing myself for max VO2. Um, you know, whereas like if I looked at my ventilatory threshold, um, which if you read 80, 20, you'll find out all about ventilatory threshold. I found, you know, um, I did a ventilatory threshold test the other day. Uh, and you know, I, I know where that's at, about, you know, what pace that, you know, I can sustain. And if I, you know, can just do that test over time, I thought that might be a better, uh, you know, kind of, um, representation of my fitness level. And, you know, is my, is my fitness getting better? Um, because, you know, uh, ventilatory threshold, I'm not really going beyond my, um, uh, my aerobic zone. Right. So, um, I, I don't think, uh, I will do an anaerobic phase, a short interval phase, um, you know, in my training. Um, but I, I you know, honestly, I don't think that, uh, you know, max VO two is going to be as, uh, vital as if I was doing a marathon, not to say that I don't want to increase my max VO2 that increases my fitness, which in turn can help everything. I, I realize the, uh, the importance of that, but, um, I don't think focusing on this and doing, you know, benchmarks of five Ks and 10 Ks is really in my best interest. So, um, <laughs> we're, we're working through some things. Um, uh, but, um, anyhow, um, and, uh, you know, don't forget to check out, I've been trying to do a daily video. Uh, we went on vacation, so I missed a few days here, but, uh, just uploaded. Um, so I am, um, actually recording this on, uh, the 19th and, uh, this release is on the 20th. So I did re release an episode today on the 19th, uh, and I'm trying to get back to a daily video and, you know, I go over things. I try to be a little bit, you know, more, more helpful and going over things, um, you know, and, and, um, I, you know, typically they're anywhere from seven and a half to, I mean, I've had a few that have run into like 25 minutes, just depending on <laughs> how much I have to say and go on about, I talk about my gear, um, talk about my training. So if you're interested in that, check out my YouTube channel, uh, link is in the show notes. Uh, you can search me as Aaron Saft on YouTube and my channel should pop up. So, uh, you can subscribe to that and, um, yeah, so a lot going on. Um, you know, we are approaching the end of the month. So, uh, February newsletter will be coming out. So if you want to sign up for that, uh, please visit my website again, and you can sign up for my free newsletter that comes out once a month, try to include as much information, tidbits, training bits, uh, you know, all sorts of reviews and such in that, uh, in that, uh, media. So, you know, sign up for the newsletter. Um, and, um, all of the old newsletters are archived. So if you want to go back and, and read through some stuff this past month, January, um, I did a side-by-side -side comparison of, uh, UTMB to hard rock, uh, really sat down and put my, uh, my thoughts to, you know, to, to, uh, <laughs> to, to paper, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, it was, uh, I, I definitely put a lot into the, the newsletters. So do check those out. I appreciate those of you that had feedback. If there's things that you want to hear about, either through my YouTube videos, uh, podcasts, 
um, or in the newsletter. Don't hesitate to reach out and and make suggestions. Um, you know, guests that you'd like to hear on this podcast, let me know. Um, I do have some guests lined up. It like I said, just with the holiday season, it's been tough to uh, to you know to get folks, um, uh, to, to, uh, to record, uh, you know, and I've been traveling as well. So, um, but we do have some, some great guests coming up. I am looking forward to my conversations with them. Uh, so stay tuned for some, some non Aaron <laughs> solo episodes. So thank you for joining me for this one. I can't wait to, uh, to record the next one. And until then keep running my friends.